everybody. I'm your host, Lisa Shield. Welcome to Dating Without Drama, where I give you my unique take on everything related to men, love, dating, and romantic relationships. My practical yet spiritual approach to getting emotionally naked and attracting what I call a guardian of your soul will be music to your ears. So let's get started. Hi, everybody. I'm Lisa Shield, and today I am going to talk about how movie, TV, and the media set us up for failure in dating. This is a really, really important topic. There are so many fallacies when it comes to dating and relationships, and as a dating and love coach, it is really frustrating for me to talk to people, to talk to most people about this topic, people who are not coming to me specifically for help, but, you know, just at a dinner party with friends, they'll ask what my husband and I do. They, they are very curious. And so few people really understand what it's like to be a single woman out in the dating world who's been struggling to find love for years right? Their idea, especially if they've been in a couple for a very long time, their ideas, the general public's idea of how relationships are formed or how they can be is extremely narrow and limited and controlled by television and film and the media. So what we see typically are relationships where two people just meet and fall in love and they decide to be together. Let's be real, right? <laughs> that would be ideal. That would be the ideal circumstance that you don't have to do any work on yourself to become a better person. You don't have to search for a partner. You don't have to go online. You don't have to do any of this consciously. Our dream and the fantasy that we're fed is that we're just going to be going about our lives and circumstances will bring us in contact with the right person or the right people and we'll fall in love and live happily ever after. If we're really being honest and we're looking at our own love lives and at the love lives of most of the people around us, they don't tell a great story. They don't paint a good picture of that kind of approach to relationships. When we look at most relationships, we don't see the kind of love that we're looking for. So in our heads and in our hearts, we have an ideal, a fantasy, a dream of the kind of person, the kind of relationship we're searching for. And most of us, if we look at this, if we haven't been jaded, but it, you know, if somebody were to say to you, well, what's your dream? And you were to say, wow, you know, I just want to meet this wonderful man. I'll adore him. He'll adore me. You know, we're just going to meet and it's going to feel like the stars aligned and that we're just the two luckiest people in the world. We have this idea that this love is just going to keep growing and expanding over the course of a lifetime. But most of us never really stop and look at all of this realistically. And if you do, you'll realize that almost every single love story we see 
you know, all the Disney movies, a lot of the romances, they all end right when the couple declares their undying love, but they never show you what happens, you know, two years or 10 years or 20 years down the road. We don't get to see that these couples mostly don't have a happily ever after. And the saddest part about all of this for me is that that happily ever after, it's real. It really exists. It's out there. It's something that we really can find that anybody can have. It's not something that you just get lucky. You win the love lottery and you find this kind of love. It really is something that's out there for everybody. But we're led to believe by the media, by movies, that this is something that just happens to us. That one day we're walking through our lives, Cupid's arrow strikes, our lives magically change, we meet this person, and we fall so in love. And our love is so true and real and undying. We wake up tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that in this magical romantic relationship. Well, here's what I want to share. It doesn't work that way, at least not for most people. And that's not me being pessimistic. That's me being very realistic. If you were to look around at all the relationships you've seen in your entire lifetime, and you were to think about how many couples you've actually looked at and thought, I want what they have. They have that magic secret, right? That perfect relationship. I mean, look at the way he looks at her. Look at the way she looks at him. We see so few relationships like that. And the truth is, anybody can have that. Anyone. But it doesn't fall from the sky. It's not like God is just going to reward you with this phenomenal relationship and you don't have to do anything to merit that, right? Love is our birthright. We are all entitled to be loved, but you still have to cultivate the qualities of a truly good and loving and generous, kind, compassionate, forgiving, grateful person to be able to coexist in a truly magical relationship and to be able to have the skills to sustain that through your lifetime. I talk to so many women on the phone who say that they're on a spiritual path. So many of the women I talk to day in and day out will tell me, Lisa, I've done so much work on myself. You know, I'm so spiritual. I've done this course and I've worked with that person and I've done this thing. And that's all fine and good. I did those things too. That's how, partly how I got here. But there came a time in all, you know, in all of that spiritual work or the therapy I was doing, the courses I was taking, all the hours of meditation and soul searching, there came a point where I just woke up in my life and I looked around at all these fairy tales I'd been fed because just like everyone else, I thought that I was going to keep becoming a better and better person. And the right guy was just like, I was going to get discovered like a Hollywood movie star. 
<laughs> like I would just turn into this absolutely fabulous woman because I'd done so much work on myself and I'd spent years in therapy and just some guy was going to look at me and just fall wildly, madly in love with me because I was such a wonderful human being and I would fall in love with him. And that didn't happen. One day I was looking at the approach of my 40th birthday and I had a very, very serious talk with myself. And I thought, Lisa, you know, something's wrong with your approach. Like something isn't working here. Something's not working. And you have got to take this seriously because it's not just happening. The, you know, this great guy isn't just waltzing into your life. In fact, for all the years I had been doing this personal growth work, the truth was I was a better version of myself and I actually had less dates, less male interest. It wasn't helping me become unblocked in this part of my life. And so this fantasy, you know, this lie that I had been told, be yourself and the right guy will come along, work on you, learn to love yourself, whatever people were telling me. I mean, I was doing all of those things and I wasn't meeting any men. In fact, I thought that as I elevated, I would start to attract higher quality men. And in fact, I attracted no one. And when I looked at the relationships I was having, the few that I did have, they weren't great. They weren't really improving. And so I looked around and I said, Lisa, you got to get this thing solved. Like, you don't want to waste the best years of your life reading dating books or going to more personal growth workshops, trying to become even better and better and better and searching for something elusive. Well, what I knew was that life is a personal growth path, right? And so I can learn these lessons and grow and expand my own consciousness and become the kind of woman that I want to become. Or I could just start, you know, walking towards love, dating, meeting men, seeing this as a spiritual path, starting to apply all of the spiritual things I had learned to this part of my journey. And that's something that many, many, many people miss. They think that they're just going to go out on a date, sit across from a guy, and it's just going to click. Well, I don't know about you, but for me, that was not happening. It wasn't happening. I wasn't clicking with the men I wanted to click with. Sure, I could sit there and say, oh, I have no trouble getting dates, or especially with the internet. I had no trouble getting dates. That wasn't the issue. The issue was I wasn't clicking with these men and they weren't clicking with me. And so I thought to myself, I am blocking this somehow for all the work I've done, for however fabulous I think I am, you know, for whatever I thought wonderful things I had to offer a man as a partner, I wasn't clicking with the right men. And maybe you're not either. You know, you go on dates, maybe you can have, you know, a three-month or a six-month relationship, and then it just fizzles out. One of you loses interest, or it just never quite gels, or I don't know. 
but you're going through the same patterns and repeating the same cycles over and over and over again. And the truth is, you don't know how to connect with men. You haven't learned how. Just because you're sitting across from a man on a date doesn't mean that you know how to talk to a man. It doesn't mean that you know how to create a romantic connection with a man. And so you're sitting there waiting for something to happen for you to feel that spark or chemistry or something or have enough cocktails <laughs> so that you both look dreamily into each other's eyes. You know, maybe that'll do the trick for you. But most of us never really learn how to go on a date and connect with that man. I mean, consciously know exactly what to say and do to create an absolutely wonderful connection. We're so up in our heads for the first thing, you know, we're so up in our heads, just kind of intellectualizing the whole experience and wanting to connect. And does he think I'm pretty enough or intelligent enough? You know, what do I say to this? Or did I say the right thing or the wrong thing? We're so busy up in our heads analyzing, but we really don't know what we're doing on a date. Most of us don't. Again, back to the subject or the topic here, we're fed these lies by the media, by culture, by our parents, our sisters, our girlfriends, movies, Jerry Maguire and Disney movies and The Notebook. We're fed all of these stories that we're just supposed to meet the perfect person. Everything's going to align magically and we'll connect and we'll fall in love and we'll live happily ever after. And again, that's a fantasy. That's not a reality. The reality is that you are the common denominator in your love life. And if this isn't happening, and if it hasn't ever happened, and you've never been able to meet a wonderful man and cultivate a beautiful, deep, emotionally naked relationship with that man and connect and sustain that for a lifetime, think about what, a, what an incredible thing that is to be able to do. I really want you all to stop and think about what an art it is to sit across from a man and really know exactly what to say and do to create an extraordinary relationship. That's not a fantasy. This is something we can actually learn how to do. And it's not about, oh, he texted me and do I wait three days to text him back? I don't want to look too anxious. That's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about creating a kind of deep, emotionally naked relationship with a man that is so beautiful and so real and so authentic, the kind of real love that most people will only ever dream of having in this lifetime. Think about what an art it would be to actually consciously know how to sit across from someone and create that to know exactly what to say and do, to have the confidence, to love and have compassion for men, to know how to speak to them in the right way. There is a way that a woman needs to talk to a man if she's going to create this kind of relationship. There is a way that you need to learn to talk to a man 
And believe me, I didn't do this for so much of my life. Oh my God, I look back now and I think, oh, thank God I had enough time on the earth to be able to learn how to do this because it's an art form to really understand how to speak to a man and ask him for what you want and need in a relationship. You may not like this, but you are going to have to learn how to ask a man for what you want and need from him. He can't read your mind. I don't care if you want him to know you or be able to intuit your needs. You are going to have to learn how to ask for what you want in a relationship from a man and not be demanding or withholding and then get angry or disappointed in him. If you have to ask or tell him what you want, you've got to learn how to communicate. We talk about communication in relationships. Oh, I want a good communicator or, you know, I want to have healthy, open communication. But a big part of that open communication is understanding how to talk to the opposite sex. Men are very easily shamed. Their default when they feel that they have disappointed a woman they love, their default is to feel shame. They feel like they failed her when their goal in life, when their mission in life is to protect her. And so if a man really cares about you and he wants to make you happy and you tell him that he disappointed you, he will immediately feel shame and he's going to feel like he failed. And that is not how you want to make a man feel. Men are incredibly sensitive when it comes to women, incredibly sensitive to how we speak to them and what we say. And if we're loving and kind in the way we give our feedback, it is, you know, men are going to let you down. That's a fact. You know, any man that you are with is going to probably let you down at some point. And, you know, the trick is not to think that you're two perfect people who just get each other and everything magically aligns, but to know that we are going to make mistakes in relationships. We're going to hurt each other without meaning to. We're going to disappoint one another. And believe me, you will disappoint him too. You're not so perfect. I'm not so perfect that I'm not going to disappoint my guy. It's going to happen. Sometimes you'll just miss things, even if you didn't mean to, and your partner will get hurt despite your best efforts. Those things will happen. Maybe you have a lot of hidden expectations and you're sitting there waiting for a man to live up to all of that. Well, you've got to learn a loving, kind, non-demeaning way to express your needs to a man. You've got to learn how to ask for what you want in a loving way. I always, you know, have things I want to say to my husband, you know, don't put the tomatoes in the salad, put them separate or so the whole salad doesn't get spoiled after he cooked this or made this beautiful salad for me. Believe me, if you say that in the wrong way, he's going to feel like he made this beautiful salad and you didn't like it. So just something as simple as that, as you know, the other night, my husband put the tomatoes in the salad and I didn't want to upset him. 
And so I started to just take them out and separate them myself. And he noticed and I said, yeah, babe, you know, and he looked at me and he said, oh yeah, maybe I should put the tomatoes separate. I think he got it. But I was concerned. I thought about how to say it. I know that sounds stupid, but I didn't want him to feel badly or like I was criticizing his cooking. And I want him to keep cooking for me. So (laughs) he's a great cook. And the reason I was aware of this was because I had mentioned something like, oh, this would be great with mushrooms or something. And, you know, he said it would be nice if you didn't criticize my co- the cooking while we're eating or something. And all he had to do was say that to me once. And I knew I was aware that he was a little sensitive. So I was thoughtful in the way I let him know about the tomatoes in the salad. He said, yeah, I should probably take the tomatoes out. And I said, yeah, you know, I think that would be a great idea because sometimes they spoil quicker than the rest of the salad. And it was perfect. You know, he is really one of the, or not one of, he is the kindest human being, the most thoughtful person I've ever known. And so he has taught me so much about how to say things. And the beauty is that I've learned through being with Benjamin for the last 19 years that we can say almost anything if we say it with love and kindness and thoughtfulness for how it's going to land. If we think about our tone of voice, if we think about stating things in a positive way rather than a negative way, there are very, very simple ingredients. If we say them with compassion and kindness, and we're really wanting for the other person's higher good, All of those things will come across our intention, our tone of voice. All of those things are communicated when we're talking to someone. And, you know, I have had many, many, many male clients who have said to me, I really, really like this woman, but I don't like her tone of voice. And I couldn't marry a woman with that tone of voice. And what he means is there's something condescending or lecturing or mothering in the way that she talks to him and he doesn't like it and he won't marry a woman who treats him that way. He's not going to sign up for a lifetime of that. Look, these are things they don't teach you in movies. These are things they don't teach you at church or even in therapy. Building a beautiful, loving, lasting relationship with another human being. This is one of the richest and most rewarding focuses in life. Doing this, learning these things, studying these things, learning how to create a deep, emotionally naked connection with a man who you are wildly attracted to. That is the dream. Someone you can completely be yourself with, knowing that he sees all of you, the good, the bad, the ugly. He sees it all and he just loves you. He chooses to love you. I know that's how Benjamin feels about me. You know, I, uh, we have a nine-year age difference and sometimes I still feel <laughs> like I'm a girl with him, not immature, but, you know, I look at him and he's such a man. Yeah. But here's the thing, you know, and I look at him and I just think, wow, he's got it all figured out and he pretty much does. And I have so much respect for him and I can be all of who I am with this man. 
who I love and admire and respect more than anything in the world. And to be able to open up and really be my true self with a man that I love and respect and admire as much as I do Benjamin, to be all of who I am and not hide anything from him. And to know that even if I go to him and I share my emotionally naked self, if I have an issue or a problem in my business or I do something wrong, I know that if I go to him and share those things, if I feel that I may have harmed a client or said the wrong thing and I'm feeling shame and embarrassment over that, my husband won't shame me or judge me. He will remind me over and over and over again of who I am because he sees who I am and he chooses to love me, all of me, and doesn't judge me ever. And that's an amazing thing. And I feel the same way about him. And we hold each other high, you know, even like right now we moved to Santa Fe, it was during the pandemic and Benjamin right now is rebuilding his whole practice. Santa Fe is a brand new market for him and he's 69 years old. He was willing to come here with me and in some ways for me because he knew I wanted to leave L.A. And Benjamin had a 40-year practice there, 40 years. He could fill every hour of every day of the week if he wanted to with clients. And he left all of that with me to come here to Santa Fe to recreate our lives together. Hmm. It's just extraordinary that he would do that for me. And it's not just the first time. It's the second time he's done this. He did it when we lived in Los Angeles and when we first met and fell in love. He wanted us to build a life together. And so he was living and working from his home in uh, Mar Vista. And he said, go find a house for us. And I did. I went and found a house and he lost at least a third of his practice because of the move and people didn't want to make the drive. And so he really had to rebuild. So this is the second time he's done this. But I know his work is his life. He loves what he does, loves it. And um, I know how hard he's struggling, you know. He doesn't like not being busy and being active every minute of the day. And yes, there is an excitement in rebuilding and knowing that he will do it. He has the confidence. He knows it'll happen. But this time, this period right now, this in-between time is really, really hard. It's really hard for him. And right now, having me and having this relationship and having my love and support and having me there to keep reminding him of who he is, imagine what a gift that is. And I know he's up to it, but it, you know, at 69 years old, that's pretty extraordinary that he was willing to do this. I don't think it would have happened if it hadn't been for the pandemic. But this kind of love, you know, where we can be all of who we are and we don't have to put up walls or pretend or have pretenses, we can bring our full selves, both of us, to this relationship. You don't hear about this in the movies. You don't see this kind of love, this kind of devotion, this kind of openness. You just don't see it. Movies, Hollywood, you know, Disney, we have princes with glass slippers and fairy tales, but not this. And the saddest part about that for someone like me is that we can accomplish this. 
Especially, I want you all to think about what I'm about to say. I know being single can be hard as hell. I was there. I wanted a partner more than anything in the world. I wanted to be in love and I wanted a great love. But you are in an ideal position right now. You're in an ideal position. If you are single and you do not have a partner right now, you have the option. If you choose to do this, you have the option of going out and finding one. You don't have to sit back and just wait for it to happen. You don't have to spin your wheels. You could find an amazing coach like me and you could work with that person and get this solved and not just solve it, but set yourself up to have not just a relationship, but an extraordinary one by doing all the right work, by putting together the pieces of the puzzle to make this happen. Can you imagine what that would be like right now? I mean, you got a date anyway. You're going to be out there. You're going on dates, most of you. You're looking for your partner. So why not find a professional, find somebody who can actually teach you the art of dating, the art of treating the dating process as a spiritual journey? Especially if you've been doing personal growth work, why not work with a love coach who can help you take everything you've already learned and apply this to your dating experience so that you can attract not just anyone, but what I call a guardian of your soul. Instead of waiting for a prince with a glass slipper to waltz into your life, what if you could go out there and just have a roadmap? I mean, I teach my clients in what, 12 weeks, more than most women will ever learn about this subject in a lifetime. In 12 weeks, I put the pieces of this puzzle together for you and I show you how to go out into the dating world and consciously choose your partner. And the beauty is my program is so empowering. It is so enlivening. It is so life-affirming. I mean, it really is incredible because many of you don't realize how oppressive this part of your life is. It is so oppressive to keep, you know, trying to tell yourself everything's going to be okay. I know God has a plan for me. It's going to happen. You're wonderful, whatever. It takes a lot of energy to keep pumping ourselves up to feel good. Many of you drink or eat or online shop or bury yourself in your work. That's how you cope with the pressure of not having a partner and not knowing how to find him. And so by working with a coach who can take you by the hand and just show you how to do this, you have no idea how incredible that feels. I mean, it's a life-changing experience to finally get traction, to finally know what you're doing to know that you have a step-by-step -step plan that you will eventually truly cross meet my soulmate off your to-do list. But you'll do it for real this time because you'll have a real plan and a real path to get there. And if you think about it, what a gift to be single. What a gift to be single 
and not have anybody or anything in the way so that you can stop waiting and wishing and hoping and praying for a miracle. But you can just get out there and do this. And there are people (laughs) who can help you do that. I'm going to look at some of these comments. Cynthia said, Benjamin is an extraordinary man and you were both made for each other. Thank you, Cynthia. Oh, thank you, honey. Well, I feel blessed to have had this relationship that most people dream of having for the last, what, 19 years. And you can do this too. That's what I'm here to remind you of. I really believe the fastest way is for us to go out and find love. The fastest way there is to get on the path and find love. And I'll tell you, it may not be the easy way, but I see over and over and over again, the women who have that roadmap and really do the work, they get this solved. And the real truth, and I'm going to be honest with all of you, honest with everyone. And sometimes people don't just, you know, this isn't what they want to hear, but I will tell you, Having this kind of relationship, the kind of relationship I've had with Benjamin for 19 years, you don't just stumble into something like this. You don't. Maybe our grandparents, when they led simpler lives, and maybe there were some people who just had were simple people with simple lives, and they didn't have lofty ideals and grand expectations like I do, like many of you do. You know, they came together, they made it work, life was hard, and that's what you did in the past. Today, most of us can provide for ourselves. Most of us have jobs. We work, men and women alike. We can do everything for ourselves, but we don't want to. That's the thing. Can we? Sure. But do we want to? Hell no. So if you really want to get this right now in this day and age, it requires something more than just luck or karma. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the words that people use for this kismet or, you know, serendipity. You can make this happen. And if you're single, why not work through all your stuff, all your baggage? Clean that stuff out. Get rid of it. Get rid of it now while you're single. You know, there's so many things that we hear about relationships that are just bullshit. The idea that two people come together so that they can work out their issues and problems from the past, that we attract someone like our mother or our father, and then we come together and then part of the love and the relationship, we stay in it and work through those problems and stuff together. You know, our perfect issues, you know, my mommy, daddy issues and your mommy, daddy issues, they all line up. We work it out together. I think that that's bullshit. I think it's ridiculous. The beauty of being single is that you can work through your own stuff so you don't carry all of that baggage into your next relationship and have to deal with it with your new partner. I woke up and I said, damn, like I want to just work through my stuff. I don't want to bring a bunch of old baggage into my next relationship. Why would I do that? I want to have fun. I want this relationship to be a ball and I don't want to be processing with my partner. I tried that, by the way, for 13 years. It doesn't work. 
I wanted to work through my own stuff and take responsibility for my own emotional well-being. So I didn't bring that into this relationship. And because that was my intention, that's exactly the result I got. Benjamin and I don't process, we don't argue, we have fun. And if something comes up, we talk about it, we deal with it, and we're done. Easy peasy. Because we don't want to sit around and argue and be right. Oh, you know, my dad used to talk to me that way. I don't want to be talked to that. You know, you remind me of my father. You remind me of my mother when you do that. I don't want to have relationships like that anymore. You have a choice right now. You're single and you can set yourself up for something amazing. And that's what I show you how to do. That's what my course is. So Annette says, I have learned so much in the past year about how to be with a man in my feminine from taking your course. I'm so different now. <laughs> Annette, that makes me so happy to hear that. Well, here's what this course is that Annette's talking about. I do a 12-week course called Emotionally Naked Dating. It is open to smart, successful, single women who have everything except a wonderful man to share their lives with them. So it's really important that you're in a good place in your life. And this is the one missing piece. You know, you have a good solid job. You're not in debt. You're not struggling in other parts of your life. I mean, come on, we've all got issues, but you know what I mean, that your life is pretty together. Like you're at a place where you really feel ready for love. Those are the women I'm looking for. Women who are ready to invest in this part of their lives so that they can just get this solved, so that they don't waste another year of their lives, another moment of their lives without a plan and a path to find that guy. So that's what I show women how to do. If you're really ready to get this solved, if you're open to coaching, ready for a step-by-step -step plan so that you don't have to sit there and keep doing more research. Look, if you're going to become a dating coach, that's one thing, but nobody wants to be spending her life reading dating books or sitting on YouTube looking for answers. Imagine if you could just get this solved, just get it solved. That's what I do. So please go to lisashield.com, watch my presentation. If you like it, stay to the end. You can book a call with me or a member of my team. We can talk to you about how we can get this solved or help you get it solved. All right, everybody, I have run out of steam. <laughs> I don't think I can hear myself talk anymore. So I'm gonna say goodbye. Please come back and see me again next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye, everybody.